Hello and welcome, welcome back to Waffle Free Storytelling. It's Tina Constant here and you're joining me at the end of another incredibly random week. So put your feet up and let's jump right into today's story, which is called Lighting the Way. It's a story about Goose Goose. Now, Goose Goose was a small child. So small that he could sneak through every crack and crevice in the caves where he and his family and all his ancestors before him had lived since the dawn of time. He was so small, in fact, that he often went unnoticed. But, you know, this was just how he liked it. Because this meant he could sit in the shadows and see what everyone was doing and hear what everyone was saying. Not that he would do anything with what he heard and saw, because here's the thing. As well as Goose Goose being small, he couldn't speak. He was sometimes so invisible to the clan that he had to fetch his own plate at mealtimes <laughs> to fill it with the stew that everyone else had been given. But again, Goose Goose didn't mind. There was only one person in the cave who he wanted to be seen and noticed by. Elder Morin was older than anyone in the history of the clan. No one had a single memory that didn't include her. She was the heart and the soul of the cave, and her fireside was always busy with talk and stories and laughter and food and love. But no matter how crowded it got, as soon as she saw Guskus, she always made a space beside her, and he would gladly take it. Through the day, Guskus heard so much, saw so much, found so much, and had so much in his heart that he wanted to tell Elder Morin. <laughs> but no matter how hard he tried to speak, he couldn't say a word. So instead, he would sit beside the old woman and listen. While the rest of the clan told stories and played, the elder would tell Goose Goose of her worries and concerns, about how change was coming, about her fears for her people. As she talked, she stoked the fire and watched her people laugh and love and live without a single worry in the world. At the end of fire time, Goose Goose would stand to go back to his cave and the old woman would say, It will come, Goose Goose. Like a flame on kindling, your fire will soon burn bright enough to fill our whole world. And so Goose Goose lived his days in the cave, listening and learning, watching and understanding the ways of the clan. But he could not say they were happy days, because talk in the caves had gone quiet. Voices quivered, tears flowed with the words, and fears vibrated in people's hearts. The clan knew that change was coming. They didn't want it. 
They were scared of it and they did all they could to pretend that it wasn't happening at all. <laughs> but it was. There was no denying it. Elder Morin herself said so. And it was the worst kind of change. It was a flood. The waters were rising. Elder Morin had put her ear to the walls and had listened, and there was no doubt. They did not have long. And so the debate about what to do raged. Do we block the tunnels? Do we find air pockets? Do we dig new tunnels? How are we going to survive? At every fireside gathering, they asked the elder if she was sure. Was the flood really coming? Was it really going to reach them? Maybe if we just sit and wait, it'll pass us by. <laughs> and the one Elder Morin was most saddened by was when people said to her, Maybe you're wrong. You're getting old after all. Well, to this the elder would simply shake her head and tell them that they had to act or suffer the consequences. Now, bizarrely, the clan seemed relieved by this. <laughs> consequences, they'd say. Well, maybe the consequences won't be that bad. We've been in these caves since the dawn of time. So a few things get damp. <laughs> we'll ride it out. Well, even when Elder Morin told them there was no way they would survive, they didn't believe her. The people argued and they tried to find a way to stay exactly where they were. Even when the water started to rise, they argued. Even when a few things got damp, they argued. It was only when Elder Morin's cave completely flooded and her fire was put out did they stop shouting and ask the old woman what to do. After a pause, she said, we could leave the caves. Well, for a moment there was silence, and then the clan erupted. That was sacrilege! Leave the caves! Had the old woman lost her mind? This was complete madness! Well, they had all heard the stories about what was beyond the walls. No one who ever went outside the caves came back. No one ever returned. They would do anything, they said, anything except leave. For a long time, no one moved. Then Guskus stood up and took his place next to Elder Morin. He said nothing because he couldn't speak. All he did was point up. Oh, well, the clan thought for a moment, with the water lapping around their ankles. Up, they said, to the top of the mountain, where the gods lived? No, 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 no. <laughs> the people shook their heads. The gods would never allow it. So again... Guskus pointed. This time he pointed 
at himself. And Elder Morin understood. We will send an envoy, she said. Someone to plead our case to the gods. We will send Guskus, the smallest and the slightest of us. He will find what he finds and send us a sign. Well, <laughs> everyone agreed, mainly because it wasn't them having to face the gods, and also because, well, since Guskus was so small, if the gods devoured him, it wouldn't be such a great loss. <laughs> and so, with little more than a smile from the elder, Guskus took a torch from the fire and made his way through the twists and turns of the maze to the top of the mountain where the gods boiled and rumbled, bellowed and fought. In all of his explorations of the cave, Guskus had come this far. He had heard the crashing rocks and the creaks and the bellows. And it was at this point that he had always turned back. But this time he couldn't. The closer Goose Goose got to the great caves at the top of the mountain, the more frightened he became. What would he find? Would he survive? Would he even get through the door? Did they know he was coming? Would they kill him before they ate him? <gasps> Or would they simply eat him? What, Guskus thought, would life be like in the belly of a god? <laughs> With every step, his fear grew so great that when his tiny torch flicked out, his heart all but stopped beating. Standing in the pitch dark, Guskus closed his eyes and he did what he always did. He listened. He heard water dripping. He heard creatures crawling. He heard wind whispering. He heard roots growing. Then he heard a sound he had never heard before. It was a sigh and a creak like an old man stretching out in front of a warm fire. Ooh, it was a happy sigh, a contented sigh, like the gods were welcoming him to their fireside. Goose Goose took it as a sign, and he let the sound fill his ears, and he followed it. He turned left. He turned right, he moved rocks, he pushed through tangled roots, he climbed and he scrambled and scaled over rocks that he had called home his whole life. And he only stopped when he came to a boulder blocking his path. The sigh and the creak was just behind that rock. He could feel it. So he pushed the boulder, he shoved the boulder, he cut his hands on that boulder and he didn't stop until it rolled and fell and shattered in a million pieces. But for the first time in his life, Guskus didn't hear it. Because for the first time in his life, he could see bright, 
blazing light, brighter than all the fires in the cave combined, filled his eyes. The source of the light wasn't a fire in the dust. It was a bright ball above him. It was warm rather than hot. It was bright, but not blinding. The sigh he had heard came from roots growing out of the rocks, stretching towards the light higher than any ceiling Guskus had ever seen in the caves. In his whole life, he had only ever seen reds and browns and orange and yellow and black. But here, there were colors, there were smells, and there were shapes that he had no name for. This new light filled his eyes, filled his mind, filled his heart, and filled his soul. It went through him and it exploded with such a wild joy that he opened his mouth and he sang. The light from this new fire wrapped around Goose Goose's voice and vibrated through the caves, through the tunnels, through the maze, all the way to where Elder Morin and the rest of the clan were waiting. Oh, wow, the wave of light and sound was so magnificent that when it hit them, the people stood transfixed until one by one, as if pulled by a strong, unyielding rope, they climbed up and up and out of the caves. Last to climb was Elder Morin. She watched her people follow their young new leader and said, Finally, Goose Goose has found his flame, bright enough to light us all. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> My goodness, people, your mission in life, find your flame, <laughs> light the world. <laughs> ah, you are an epic human being. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, uh, what's going to happen this week? I can't even begin to imagine. <laughs> I have no idea. Bottom line, just love the people you love and repair the bonds with anybody that you've got to repair bonds with. Know what I mean? <laughs> and in the meantime, go around to www.tinaconstant.com and uh, and do some exploring over there you'll see that the site has changed a little bit depending on when you're listening to this recording <laughs> but go ahead and explore and um, i will see you next time uh, for some more wild weird wacky adventures from somewhere in the universe <laughs> all right have a beautiful day look after yourselves bye bye now